You're listening to Hope for Today Church Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining in this virtual space. We believe that as you listen, Jesus will minister to you right where you are. So open up your mind and your heart to what the Word would say to you today. Thank you for joining us. And remember, Jesus is our hope for today. I'm going to encourage you to to turn with me to Luke chapter 7. And you know, today's a, a special day. We haven't forgotten about it. It's Father's Day. Father's Day, and as we continue in our series, we're going to sidestep a bit because we want to celebrate fathers. We want to celebrate you and appreciate by recognizing the important, vital role, whether in this house today or you're watching online, the role that you play is not an insignificant role, it is monumental. Monumental. And so the, the title of today's message is this, The Father's Healing Touch. Look at that image there. In many ways, fathers, you wear the cape of the Holy Spirit that endows you with power to bring healing to your family. In 1 Corinthians 12, 9, the Apostle Paul says, To some is given the gift of faith and the gift of healing. And this uh, sort of healing can uh, play into multiple uh, different facets of our life. And so in today's message, I'm going to do my best to briefly explore this powerful theme of healing while drawing insights from Luke 7 in relation to 1 Corinthians 12, 9. And we will conclude by looking to the faithful life of Joseph. Jesus is our own father. It's not too often you hear of Jesus' father, his earthly father. And we're going to look at that in, the first, uh, in a few moments. But first, let's go to Psalm 103. In Psalm 103, it's a part of scripture um, that I think about on a day like this. It says this, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on on those who fear him. For he knows what we're made of, remembering that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He blooms like a flower of the field. And when the wind passes over it, it vanishes, and its place is no longer known. But from eternity to eternity, the Lord's faithful love is towards those who fear him and his righteousness toward the grandchildren of those who keep his covenant, who remember to observe his precepts. And the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. The compassion of our Heavenly Father from the dawn of time itself has been evident throughout human history. When you look and you read through the scripture, it comes alive. You see his healing touch, his agape love, his sacrificial love all throughout scripture. It's evident. And so point number one today, if you're taking notes, is this. A father's impact is tremendous. A father's impact is tremendous. You know, we know the impact that our own respective fathers have made in our own life. And just for a moment, so we can be, you know, have a little bit of engagement here this afternoon. When you think of your father, your earthly father, what comes to mind? Shout it out. Patience. Patience. 
Beautiful. Perseverance. Understanding. Patience. Perseverance. Understanding. What else? Determination. Happiness. Faithful. Amen. Obedience. Peace. Amen. Hardworking. Yeah. Your father's a hard worker. Amen. All those pieces, you know, I'm, I'm right there with you. And you know what's interesting? Not one of you mentioned a hobby or material possessions. That's beautiful. That means there's some maturity in the place. You know, we all have the things, you know, my, my children, you know, one of the two places when they see me going out the door, they know I'm either going to church or I'm going to work, which for me is the one and the same thing. But my children wouldn't say, if someone asked them, well, tell me about your father. What's he all about? They're not going to say, oh, he's all about his, his theater room in the basement. They're not going to talk about, well, he loves his red car, his, his Mazda. And yet you could look around and maybe you might think of some people would say, well, you know what? For them, it is about those things. Maybe for those people in some places and, and homes that it is about those things. But each of you have mentioned the tangibles, the care, the intentionality of your fathers. And we remember them today. And in fact, we desire to emulate them. My, my own dad on a, a day like today, I've, I've now come along, you know, about three years plus now where I'm able to think of today without tears. And I'm able to think back and, and remember all the things that he emulated for John and I and our family. The impact that you as fathers have is tremendous. You know, we know as people of faith, we're equally aware of how our fathers champion faith in the home. We notice it, don't we? It doesn't you know, be, go beyond our gaze. We see the relationship they have with God and if it matters to them, if it's important to them or not. And so probably the greatest takeaway that we can have here today as we continue to move forward is that fathers continue to set the example. Even if you're a grandfather, continue to set the example because many today are fatherless. Many are searching for spiritual fathers that are pursuing and seeking after the things of God and not the things of this world. Thank you, Jesus. You know, my own dad, there's, there's things. Someone mentioned intentionality, I think, or maybe it was in my own notes, but my own father was always there. No matter what I was going through, we could sit down in the living room and talk. We could, we could have a conversation. No matter what I was facing, he was there. He had the listening ear, and he wasn't quick to jump in and try and fix what I was telling him. Because as men, we like to fix things, don't we? And yet many times we'd have conversations, and he would directly, you know, steer me on the right path and, and say to me, you know, Andrew, it's about seeking our relationship with our Heavenly Father. You know, many are searching after the, the father of lies, you know, the, the thief, the, the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. 
But when you see Christ in all matters of life, you're going to have joy that goes beyond understanding. And many times he would mention this verse. 2 Corinthians 6.15 says, What agreement does Christ have with the devil? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? And what agreement does the temple of God have with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will dwell and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore come out from them and among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch any unclean thing and I will welcome you. And I will be a father to you and you will be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. There is something here that our heavenly father, that when he speaks into our life, he teaches us not to touch unclean things. He tells us to be separate. It doesn't mean we live in isolation from the world. It doesn't mean we're no longer having conversation because how can people hear unless you preach the gospel? But he's saying, people of God, children of our heavenly father, you are not to partake of the father of lies and living after that father. You're to live after your heavenly father. And he says, I will be a father to you. Think about that. A father who can be trusted for all eternity. When he makes a promise, he keeps it. In fact, he's kept every promise spoken to his children. Every promise. So then the apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 7, and picking up on this in verse 1, he says, So dear friends, since we have these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from every impurity of the flesh and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. Point number two, fathers go the distance for those they love. You know, Paul here, he loved the churches that he was planting. The Corinthians were in his care. He loved them so deeply that he spoke to them like a, a loving father would, exhorting them to live after the things of God and put aside the impurity of the flesh and to live a life of holiness. And he went the distance. You know, Paul wasn't the kind of guy who said one thing and did another. Anything that he called the Corinthians to, he did it himself. He emulated Christ. In fact, he told them in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Paul modeled this going the distance, the love he has for God with his very life. Some of you mentioned it. He imitated obedience. He showed humility. He showed faith and faithfulness. And this is what good fathers and spiritual fathers do as we go the distance. And look at this, this pleading heart, if you will. It's as if Paul has a cannon that he's, he's with his words, he's speaking to those in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 7, 2. He says, make room for us in your hearts. We have wronged no one, corrupted no one, take advantage of no one. I don't say this to condemn you since I've already said that you are in our hearts to die together and to live together. I am very frank with you. I have great pride in you. I am filled with encouragement. I am overflowing with joy in all our afflictions. In fact, 
When I came into Macedonia, we had no rest. Instead, we were troubled in every way, conflicts on the outside and fears within. But I'm confident that my joy will be complete. You know, the apostle Paul here is showing as a father, whether you're, you're an earthly father of a child or a spiritual father, it doesn't go without taking your licks, if I can put it that way. It doesn't take without walking through afflictions. It doesn't take, you know, there's, you're not free from any sort of trouble. Paul went through all these things, but he showed that when, as a spiritual father does, when you go the distance, you can make a tremendous impact in your family's life. But there's one key thing I believe we would all be in agreement that as fathers, and you can take this away, women in the house today too, our effect can be both good and bad. The effect that we have can be both good and bad, including matters of faith. Let me ask you this, men, what sort of impact do you want to make? What sort of impact do you want to make? What do you want to be known for in your family? You know, in fact, surveys time and time again reveal this, that when fathers lead faith in the family, there is a 93% probability that the family will follow. 93% of the time. According to data collected by promise keepers between 2016 and 2018, they found this. If a child is the first person in the household to become a Christian, there is a 3.5 probability everyone else in the household will follow. If the mother is the first to become a Christian, there is a 17% probability. However, when the father is first there is a 93% probability that everyone else will follow. That's monumental. The impact, when I read this, I thought, well, praise God that that impact exists. But at the same time, we have a tremendous responsibility as men and fathers. In fact, surveys with the Barnard Group say that if a father attends church regularly, between half and two-thirds of their children will attend church with some regularity as adults. If a mother does not go to church, but a father does, a minimum of two-thirds of their children will end up attending church. But in contrast, here's the data. If a father does not go to church, but the mother does, on average, two-thirds of their children will not attend. Here's the point of these statistics. I think we can understand this walking away point. Dads, what we do, grandfathers, what we do matters. The faith that we live, the faith that we immolate matters. The faith that you sow, you're sowing seeds of faith for your family. When, when fathers want to go to a barbecue instead of going to church, when they want to ride a motorcycle, when they want to go to the golf course rather be in the church of God and going to you know, other events and matters, family takes notice. And I'm going to preach a little bit here because I, for one, saw this in my own life. There was times where I couldn't quite understand it when I was a young, young gun, if I can put it that way. Other families are away and miss, I, I couldn't even begin to tell you how many Sundays and gatherings and don't misunderstand me, I'm not saying you're only saved because you go to a place to gather and worship, but it's important. And there's times when I was young, I'm like, dad, you know, 
Thankfully, it didn't happen a lot, but I'd say, Dad, do we really have to go today? I mean, you're there all the time. We're there all the time. Morning service, evening service, throughout the week. Could we do something today? He says, Andrew, the word says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And it says, do not forsake the brethren meeting together. He emulated it. No matter what. No matter what. What we do matters. And so let's go to Luke chapter 7 in relation to fathers going the distance. Here we see in Luke 7, there's this centurion man, this Roman officer, a man's man. He's in charge of about 80 to 100 soldiers under his care. He's one of authority. He's one of position. He's even a man of wealth, considerable wealth, a, a benefactor in the community. People recognize his authority. And yet as we go and read and see that he ends up seeing that his servant is facing a situation that he doesn't have the authority or power to heal or to overcome. And so here it shows, uh, actually leading out of uh, John six forty six. this is where this story picks up. Jesus says this, why do you call me Lord and you don't do the things I say? I will show you what someone is like who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundations on the rock. When the flood came, the river crashed against that house. I couldn't shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears and does not act is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The river crashed against it and immediately it collapsed and the destruction of that house was great. And Jesus, for many words, is saying, when your life isn't built upon faith in the Lord, if you're not living for him above everything else, everything that you think you needed, the foundations that you created will collapse. And he goes on to say here, the writer of Luke says, when he had concluded saying all these things to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. And a centurion servant who was highly valued by him was sick and about to die. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent some Jewish elders to him, requesting him to come and save the life of his servant. And when they reached Jesus, they pleaded with him, earnestly saying, he is worthy for you to grant this because he loves our nation and he has built us a synagogue. Jesus went with them and when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to tell him, Lord, don't trouble yourself since I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. That is why I didn't even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under my command. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. And Jesus heard this and was amazed at him. And turning the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found so great a faith even in Israel. And when those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant in good health. Their, the faith was rewarded. The willingness to be able to recognize, I am nothing. I am nothing in comparison to the Lord. I, re, I, I rely on him for all matters of life and healing. And so he says, just say the word, Lord, and my servant will be 
healed. He showed us here how this centurion wasn't afraid to approach Jesus. And equally as fathers, we too cannot be too proud, be, you know, welled up with, wow, look at the things I've accomplished in my life. But to be like the centurion, to approach Jesus in all things, to be able to say, like we say to our children, I don't know, son. Let's go to God. I don't have all the answers. I'm not sufficient, but I know the one who is. He who holds my future, your future, in the palm of his hand. The centurion showed this humility. He showed this trust to acknowledge his dependence, the area in which he was lacking, and his faith was rewarded. What I can appreciate about this story, this interaction, is that healing for one is not limited to physical ailments. It's not only limited to those, those things, as important as it is, but we can be healed emotionally, spiritually, and in our relational well-being. And when we see the value of being humbly resilient for those under our care, when we seek opportunities for healing in faith, the Lord is right there. Never stop praying for your children. I remember so many times I'd come home, Isaiah, and my dad would say, I was praying for you. Whether it was, you know, speaking at an event or anything that John and I were putting our, our life to, he was always praying. And I gotta tell you the tremendous warmth that would come over me when he would say, I was praying and I believe the Lord gave a word for you. In fact, he would say many times, I felt the Lord touch me. And you know when he spoke, those words were a healing touch into my life. Something that I will cherish for the rest of my life, but more so than just cherishing, is that I emulate that with my own children. I am nowhere in comparison to that, that degree but I strive to be there for my own children when they have questions, when they ask difficult questions, especially in today's world. The other day, my, my daughter came home, and as you know, June is, a, is an interesting month right now. And, you know, she got roped into something, and, and thankfully she knows the word. And, and um, I'm speaking in code a little bit here so we don't get, you know, shut down, so to speak. But she, like other children, um, we're brought up to, you know, wave some things and, and bless her heart. She, you know, she thought she was waving, you know, the, the covenant of God's promise. Yeah. And those are seven colors of the rainbow, but this flag is only six and it stands for, and I will say this pride, you know, the scripture says pride comes before the fall. The word of God never, ever anywhere throughout scripture confirms or affirms that kind of pride. Never. And yet when my daughter comes home and says, you know, Dad, um, and we start talking about it, and I'd say, you know, sweetie, I, I don't have all the answers. I don't understand, especially why in the church of God of faith, how does this even happen? How do ministers of the so-called gospel stand up and promote such a heresy? How can it be in our schools and yet prayer is not welcome? A school district that preaches and proclaims inclusivity. That no one's excluded. And yet if you believe, if you believe in Jesus and what he stands for in those values, you're excluded. And if you believe such things, 
you're deemed hate speech. And so these are things as fathers, that's why I love the picture so eloquently. You're looking at the horizon and you're looking to faith in God, he who is the author and perfect of our faith. You see, you're focused on that vision of how you're supposed to act and conduct yourselves as men and women of God. And yet all around you are the arrows, the fiery arrows of the enemy. And you're there like a cape with the Holy Spirit extinguishing the darts of the enemy and saying, my child, don't listen Don't listen to these words, but you champion the faith. And so point number four is this, champion opportunities for your family. Like the centurion, seek out opportunities for healing because those opportunities come. You know, if my daughter came home to me and I just brushed it aside, what could have happened? Maybe a seed would start to be planted that it's okay. Dad's okay with it. He's affirmed it by by not even speaking to it. I've affirmed it. I've partnered with it. The Holy Spirit empowers us to move mountains as we trust in God for the role that he's given us. The the centurion stepped out. He sent word to Jesus, and by his faith, his servant was healed. Take advantage of the opportunities. And when we consider Jesus' own father, Joseph, you know, many times Mary overshadows Joseph. For good reason. I mean, she, she, she bore a child. She went through labor pains. Joseph didn't do that. But it was the simplicity of his understanding in his role, his faithfulness to his role, and John, as you said it, obedience. Remember when he found out, oh my gosh, Mary's pregnant and it's not by me. It said in the scriptures that he wanted to divorce her quietly, which became a practice in the time, but it was never affirmed of God. Divorce was never affirmed by the Lord. And yet in this case, the angel of the Lord came to Joseph and says, this is of God. This is of the Holy Spirit. And, it, and, and Joseph changed his mind and he was faithful and obedient to the call of the fatherhood that he had. There's no account, especially of Joseph making the story about him. When you read the scriptures, do you see an account of Joseph walking around and saying, hey, I'm the dad. Who's your daddy? I'm Joseph. You know who my son is? (laughs) I'm sure he was tremendously proud, as all of us fathers are. You know, my son the other night, you know, finally hit the ball off the the tee at baseball cleanly and went for a longer drive than a few feet. I was immensely proud of him. Joseph was proud of Christ. You bet he was. Weak fathers, we can be, you know, proud of our own children. We see the apostle Paul and says that he's proud in spirit. He's proud in heart for them and how they're seeking after the things of God. But he's telling them, don't lose heart. Don't lose sight of the path. Imitate Christ. But here we see Joseph. He never gave up. He was never wavering in his trust in God. He accepted his role with open arms. And in fact, he never ruffled any feathers. We don't see him doing that. In fact, one of my questions, I wrote it here. You know, it's interesting when you're looking to scripture. There's not much that's said about Joseph. It doesn't mean that he was a lost cause. It doesn't mean that he was absent in the home. But he was faithfully sowing, I believe, blazing a path with Jesus for him to follow in his assignment. So I have a takeaway point for us here today. Fathers, 
You have the power to make a lasting impact on your children and your family as you faithfully and obediently follow the Lord no matter what the world says. No matter what the world says. And, you know, as we celebrate Father's Day today, recognize that role. Embrace that role. I know many of you are my senior, and so I'm, I'm not here to speak down to you, but to encourage you and to encourage me. As you lead and have you, as you've led and blaze a family for your uh, family, encourage me. Encourage the younger generation, those who are just becoming fathers, to continue on the path. Because you, you know, you've, you've taken the hits, you've been persecuted, you've seen challenges, and yet you've seen through all through your life that God can be trusted, haven't you? When you prayed to God, he answered. We can be like the centurion, trusting in the faithful touch of God as we step out in faith. We can be like Joseph, walking in obedience and faithfulness so our family can experience the healing opportunities that are all around us. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the role the fathers have here today. We thank you that by your spirit, you empower us to walk fast after you, to desire your heart, not only over our life, but for our families. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the faithfulness in this house. The fathers represented here today, how they faithfully and even humbly have walked with you and continue to walk with you. Lord, I ask by your spirit that you empower them to encourage other young men such as myself to continue to walk the walk. That we can equally realize the tremendous impact that we have as fathers. And Lord, we ask that you would protect our children as you empower us to extinguish every fiery dart of the enemy. We know that Satan is the father of lies. He's been lying, lying since the dawn of time. But Lord, we know that in you is truth and abundant life. Help us to be true to your word. To sow seeds of faith all around us. And Lord, on this day, thank you for the tremendous gift of being a father. In many ways, Lord, you show us what you're like through our father's eyes. The unconditional love, the tremendous intentionality of care, a father of compassion. Lord, I think of those who maybe didn't experience that from their own fathers. And Lord, I thank you even right now by the power of your spirit that you would reach in to their situation and show them the love and care that you have for them right now. That all the years, the past times, the missed opportunities 
would all fade away and be exchanged for the joyful fatherhood they can have with you. In Jesus' name. matter what.